Right, if we have not met yet, my name is Melanie, and together with Stuart, we love and lead this beautiful church that we call Real Life. I'm a mummy, I've got two boys, um, Levi and Asher, and I work for church, so I look after the young here and everything we do in the community, so it is my absolute privilege to be here this morning talking to you. Generally, when I speak, Stuart gives me just a bit of free reign to hear what I think God might want to say to us in a season. Do I sound a little... Yes. Is it me, Mark? Am I doing something wrong with this? Maybe. Who knows? Okay. So, this morning what I want to speak to you about is called the shelter which is why I've got my um, props here with me. So this was my most favourite thing to do with my little boys on a rainy day. So it was about the point in the rainy day where they start treating your house like it's a play barn and they're leaping off of sofas and jumping off of chairs and generally starting to trash the place where you think, right, we need something to do. And so I would always say, let's build a den. And and they would get like mega excited. And we would go around the house collecting every blanket. Usually I'd use a couple of errors and some chairs. And we would create for ourselves a den. And then I would say, go and find all your teddies. And so they'd run off. That would take another, you know, hour. Finding all their teddies, dragging them all in. And then I'd say, go and find your favorite stories And they would run off and they'd come back with their favourite books. And we would literally, on the rainy day, snug down in the den. We would eat in the den. We would read stories in the den. And I used to love sheltering with them. I used to love those days. Nowadays, it doesn't quite look the same. When I say, let's make a den, it's just a load of blankets on the floor and we'll put the telly on. So, um, but these days I used to absolutely love. So if you've got a Bible with you, you can turn to Psalm 91. If you don't, I, I can read it for you. If you don't own a Bible and would like a Bible, I would love to help you with that. One of the things I love to do is get the Word of God into people's hands so that they can access God for themselves. So if you don't own a Bible or the Bible that you're reading, you're finding really challenging, really hard work, Come and chat to me and I'll see if we can help you out. So I'm reading Psalm 91, verses 1 and 2. And it says this. Those who live in the shelter of the Most High will find rest in the shadow of the Almighty. This I declare about the Lord. He alone is my refuge, my place of safety. He is my God and I trust him. And I want to ask you a few things this morning. The way that I speak is I will throw out a bunch of questions. I'll throw out a whole load of thoughts and ideas. And it's up to you to grab the things that you think, that's for me. That's for me specifically today. That's what God wants to say with me. That's what God wants to do with me. So who is your shelter? That's my first question. Who is your shelter? Do you find rest in the most high the Almighty, the Lord, is he your God? Could you say like the psalmist, he is my God? And do you trust him? So do you trust him when it's good? Do you trust him when it's hard? 
because I really like words, so certain words in certain seasons really grab me. The word shelter has been just living with me the last few weeks. And, and everywhere I turn, I feel like somehow God's wanting to speak to me about it. So I often look up the words. So I looked up the word shelter. And best description I could find was this one. A place giving protection from whatever rages all around you. And I thought, oh, I love that. I love that God considers himself a shelter. I love that he is a place of protection from whatever rages around us. Other words that describe shelter are these, sanctuary, refuge. See if you recognize some of these as words that describe God, describe what it's like to know him. So home, place of safety, a haven, a sanctum, a safe house, a harbor, an ark. I loved that. An ark, a retreat, a hiding place, a shield, a roof. So what I want to ask in this place this morning is who is your shelter? And I want to spend a moment or two just looking at those names of God that describe him as our shelter. So it says this, he's the most high, the almighty and the Lord. So all those things are written about him in reference to him being our shelter. Since God is the most high, and you'll find that description in the Bible, it's a beautiful description of God, the most high. It means that there are no idols, no God or created being that can be worshipped above him. So if he is the most high, he's basically the king of the castle. He's basically the top, the king of kings, the lord of lords. He's superior in every way, which means it is an absolute disgrace to worship anything above him when he is the lord of the lords, the king of the castle. He's the lord alone, and the Bible is clear. He is to be our highest object of worship our highest object of worship. And what you see when you read the Bible is the people of God getting that right and the people of God getting that so wrong. He is to be the highest object of our worship. And we're learning about this church, aren't we, in our series on Leviticus. We're learning about it in Into His Presence because what we're learning is He is the most holy God. He is to be feared rightly. He is to be bowed down and worshipped. There is to be no other gods before him. And what we're learning through Leviticus is when that goes right, what it looks like, and when it goes wrong, what it looks like. So God is most high. I'm going to even roll out a little bit of Hebrew here. I do want you to be impressed with this, okay? Just momentarily. It's not often I roll out a bit of Hebrew. So his, it literally means Elohim, I had to check this with Stuart. Could you say it again for me? Elohim, Elohim, Elohim. Yes, which simply means the most God. In the Hebrew, it simply means the most God. So the most God you could ever be is God. He's the most God. I like that. I was like, I can get with that really. So Genesis 1 verse 1 says this, In the beginning, God 
created the heavens and the earth. There's no one that can take his place. There's no one that is above him. There's no one who can boast and be proud of their own achievement and accomplishment. He made all of it. The earth is the Lord's and everything in it. This says in Leviticus 9, 23 to 24, then Moses and Aaron went to the tabernacle. When they came back out, they blessed the people again and the glory of the Lord appeared to the whole community. Fire blazed from the Lord's presence and consumed the burnt offering and the fat. When the people saw this, they shouted with joy and they fell down on the ground. And I like to think when I hit the new heaven and the new earth, that is what I'm going to be like. I won't know whether to jump for joy or get my face down so low. I won't know whether to dance and sing or whether just to weep on the floor in front of him. When the glory of the Lord comes, when the most high is present, that, that's what it's like, isn't it? I don't know if you find that in worship sometimes. I sometimes don't know what to do with myself, whether to raise my hands and dance and sing or whether to get down so low because God is in the place. When we make God our shelter, when we make him our refuge, when we make him our place, we put him in the right place and us in the right place. We, we adjust our gaze, we look at him, we marvel at him when we make him our place. He's also in the psalm called the Almighty. So this is the kind of perfect, all-powerful spirit being that is to be worshipped. He's the one who created and rules the universe. Almighty is his name. He's all-powerful. He's all-seeing. He's all-knowing. When we make him our shelter, we're coming into rest with someone who knows the story beginning to end, who knows all things, who has all authority. So even when it rages around us, when the storm is kicking off, when life is crazy and we think, I don't know where to go, we make the Almighty our place because He knows. Even when we don't, even when we think, what is happening, Lord? We make him our shelter. We make him the place we go to because he knows. He knows all things. He holds all things. He has all things, even when it's raging around us. Daniel 7, 9 to 10, I love this. I think we even sang Ancient of Days on Monday night. I had the absolute pleasure of being allowed to go to Musos. I'm like a worship team wannabe. So I was allowed to go and spend the evening with them and worship with them and, and talk about Jesus, my absolute favorite subject. And we sang Ancient of Days. And I was thinking, that, that song's just brilliant. This scripture is better. So it says this, Daniel 7, 9 to 10. I watched as thrones were put in place and the Ancient of Days sat down to judge. 
His clothing was white as snow, his hair like the purest of wool, and he sat on a fiery throne with wheels of blazing fire, and a river of fire was pouring out, flowing from his presence. Millions of angels ministered to him. Many millions stood to attend him. Then the courts began its session and the books were opened. He's the almighty. He's to be worshipped. When, when we worship him right, angels join in. I mean, it, it's just incredible when we put him in his right place and us in ours. When we take shelter in him. When we make him our refuge, him our home, him our place. All heaven breaks loose when we make him our shelter. He's called the Lord in this. When we make him our shelter, he becomes our Lord. And in the New Testament, it is the most frequently title used for Jesus, the Lord. And you'll and you read it all over the Gospels. Um, so the Lord means one possessing all authority. There it is again. All power and all control. The Bible describes Jesus as the head of the church, says he's the ruler over all creation, and the Lord of lords and the King of kings. Even that beautiful bit in Revelation where, where you see that name emblazoned across him like, like some kind of scene from Lord of the Rings, and you're like, wow, Lord of lords, King of kings. In Luke 5 verse 12, it says this, in one of the villages, Jesus met a man with an advanced case of leprosy. When the man saw Jesus, he bowed down, he bowed down with his face to the ground and he begged him to be healed. He said, Lord, so he gives him that title, he recognizes he's the Lord and Savior. He says, Lord, if you're willing, you can heal me, you can make me clean. Oh, and that accesses when, when that man just bows down, he says, your Lord, it accesses all of the Lord's stuff. And so for sure, that, that leprosy just leaves. In Mark 2, 27 to 28, says this, and Jesus said to them, so he's talking to the followers, he's talking to anyone who's listening, to be honest, the Sabbath was made to meet the needs of the people, not the people to meet the requirements of the Sabbath. So the Son of Man is Lord even of the Sabbath. So you see time and time again, Jesus responding to that title, but also giving it to himself, saying, I am the Lord of Lords, the King of Kings. Just as a quick aside, we're reading Mark at the moment. I hope you're enjoying that. And one of the things you can do is you can read through Mark, asking yourselves all kinds of questions. One of the things you can ask is, what about him makes him Lord? And just read through Mark and make notes on it. What about him is like a shelter? And you'd be amazed at the amount of times you come across the description of him from the Psalms being a shelter and then what it looks like when he comes to the earth. The amount of people that take refuge in Jesus Christ is unreal. The variety of people, the type, it's just beautiful those who take refuge in Jesus Christ. I'm reading Mark and I'm reading Leviticus alongside each other. So powerful to understand all the way through the book of Leviticus. Basically, the people of God need a saviour. 
and no sacrifice ever quite makes it and then reading Mark alongside it and every night going to bed thinking, man, I'm so in need of a saviour. Thank you, Jesus. I so could not do all that sacrificing. Thank you, Jesus. I'm so glad I wasn't a priest or a leader in that time. Thank you, Jesus. You know, absolutely brilliant. I don't think it's a mistake that we're doing Leviticus and Mark. I think they go alongside each other beautifully. So thoroughly recommend that. It makes the long lobe of the liver reading much more palatable as well. So then you get, and Jesus reached out his hand and healed the man with leprosy. And you go, yes. So I'm reading them alongside each other and absolutely loving them. I hope you're reading one of them. Uh, oh, that's always a shame when I take an aside because then I come back to my notes and think, where was I? So in John 21, 6 to 8, it says this. Then he said, Throw out your net on the right-hand side of the boat and you'll get some. So he's talking to the fishermen. So they did and they couldn't haul the net in because there were so many fish. And then the disciple Jesus loved said to Peter, It's the Lord totally recognizing with the miraculous catch, it's the Lord. When Simon Peter heard that it was the Lord, he put on his tunic jumped into the water, and he headed to the shore. It's the Lord. And what the psalm is saying is when we make him our shelter, no matter what is going on around us, when we choose to make him our Lord, when we choose to acknowledge he's the most high, he's the almighty, we find rest, we find peace, we come home. It's so good for us. So who is your shelter And where do you find rest? And who do you trust? And would I be able to recognize that when it's raging around you? So I might be able to see that Jesus is your shelter when your life looks good, when it's all going well. Would I see it when it's raging? Is he the place that you run to, the place that you crawl to, the place that you drag yourself to? Is he the place that shelters you from whatever's going on around you? Is he the place that you find rest? Or is real rest found with Netflix or social media? Or where where is your rest found? Where do you find that place where you can breathe, where you've come home, where you can go, Oh, here I am known, here I am safe, here I'm okay. Is it at the bottom of a tub of Ben and Jerry's or the bottom of a glass of wine? Is it at the end of 500 episodes of your latest thing on Netflix? Where is it? Where's that place that you find rest? Is it within yourself? Do you find that within you? Or do you go to him? Do you take refuge in him? Do you find him to be your security, your safe place, your shelter, your refuge, your ark? Is he there in times of trouble? Do you cry out to him? Is he your person? Is he your place? On rainy days, do you build a den? Do you get down with him? Do you get books out? Do you read? Do you sing? Do you shelter from the things that rage all around you? 
In Romans 10, verse 9 to 10, it says this, Because if you confess with your mouth that Jesus is Lord and believe in your heart that God raised him from the dead, you will be saved. For with the heart one believes and is justified, and with the mouth one confesses and is saved. Have you been saved? And I firmly believe, so I became a Christian when I was 20, and I made a decision to follow Jesus with my whole heart. And I am the kind of person that once I'm in, I'm all in. And so when I made that decision, when I said to Jesus, when I realized who he was, when I, like Peter, looked at him and thought, you're the Lord, I was all in, but I have committed my life to Jesus over and over again. I have confessed that Jesus Christ is Lord. I have made him my shelter repeatedly. He was my shelter when I got saved, when I became a Christian, when I prayed that prayer. I got right in the den and I brought everything in with me. And I know that he sorted loads of things out, but I brought it all in. Have you done that? Have you made that decision to make him your shelter, him your place? Is he your refuge? Does he rescue you? But do you continue to do that? So are you someone who knows what it is to keep choosing to make him your shelter? To keep coming back to that place where you're like, actually, God, I'm so in need of you. Have you recommitted your life, rebuilt the den, re-gone into the shelter, re-said to God, I confess with my mouth that you are Lord. And I found in my life of knowing Jesus that I've needed to do that over and over again. And not because I don't believe that I'm saved, because I wholeheartedly believe that I'm saved, but because there have been moments and times where it has been right to say to God, you're my shelter, you're my place. Because there's been times where I've doubted, times when I've wondered, times when I've raged, times when I've found everything going on around me too hard. And I've had to come back to a place of saying to God, no, you are my shelter. You are my place. In you I find rest. I've had to repent of trying to find it elsewhere. I've had to repent of times when I've tried to look within myself. When I've tried to be my own shelter, build my own den. I've had to repent of times when I've looked for comfort in food or drink or TV or social media or people where I've had to come back to God and say, no, you are my shelter. You are my place. So maybe in this room you think, I've not done that in a while. I've not come before God and said, you are mine. I am yours. And maybe quite simply today, that is what you need to do. You need to say, that shelter, I'm running in. Because it is raging around me. And I'm coming home. Maybe you need to do that. Maybe you're someone who's never prayed that prayer. You've never confessed with your mouth that Jesus is Lord. You've never said, actually, I recognize who you are and I understand who I am. So I understand that 
I am a sinner. I understand that I get stuff wrong and that I am left out of the house, but I want in. And so I recognize you as the Lord. I recognize that you died on a cross in my place for all my sin. And I make you my shelter. And I even think in this season collectively, that's one of the things we really want people to do in this season is to run into his house and make him their shelter. Make him their place. And we will do that corporately, collectively. I want to challenge you to grab books, to grab Bibles, to grab books about him and to drag it into the shelter. And to make sure daily that you are spending time in his word, sheltering. You're spending time in his word, meeting with him, enjoying him, seeing him, understanding who he is. I want to encourage you, if you haven't started Mark yet, to start it. It's not too late. You're not going to miss out. And it doesn't matter if you overrun and, you know, you've run out of Easter eggs and you're still reading Mark. That's fine. I would say get started. If you're not reading Leviticus or listening to Leviticus, have a go at them alongside each other. They are brilliant. I am so enjoying that. So I'll read a chapter of each just alongside each other absolutely brilliant. Maybe you want to try a bit of that. Whatever it is, get yourself into the Word. And I remembered that I'd get the boys to grab stories and we would literally shelter and read story after story after story. I basically said to them, on those days, I'll read as many books as you like. And, and we literally would just read and read and read. When I was prepping this, God spoke to me and he said, I want time with my people. I want them to hear my voice. And there are so many voices. They're just everywhere. I literally pick up my phone. There's like 50 million voices going. I go to do one thing on my phone and end up doing 25 things. Do you get that? And forget the one thing that I went on to do. It might be to check the weather. And then I've answered this, done this, done that. There are, there's a lot of voices what we need in the shelter is his voice. What we need when it's raging around us is we need to hear clearly one voice. What we need when we're looking at ourselves and we're looking at the struggles all around and we're looking at our world, what we need is one voice. What you need, young men and women, when you are at school and everyone is telling you conflicting things, different things, everybody's struggling to work out who they are, what's going on, what you need is one voice. And you need a clear voice that tells you exactly who you are. And you need something consistent. And you need something that will stand the test of time. It's not out of date. It is timeless and classic, the Word of God. And it works for every season. It works in every circumstance. What you need is one voice. And for some of us, we need to just quiet a few other voices down and get his voice a little bit louder. So drag your books in. What we need to do is work out what we're singing at home, what we're saying at home in our, in our, in our shelters. So he's called the Almighty. He's called the Most High. He's called the Lord. 
for goodness sake, let's sing songs that proclaim that, that say who he is. So I'm not the most high. I'm not the almighty. I'm certainly not the Lord, not even with a little L. I am not the Lord. He is. And in these days, I really believe we've got to fight for worship that is about the Almighty, is about the Most High, is about the Lord. And I chatted to the worship team on Monday night, and we're, you know, we're all singing from the same hymn sheet. We want songs that, that just behold Him. And I was saying, if, if we can't find them, let's start writing them. Let's start looking at some of the beautiful things that are said about God in the scriptures and let's start writing. Let's start getting out there songs that magnify his name, that talk about him so that people understand who he is and then find themselves in that. It's just better. It's better that way when we find ourselves in the shelter of the Most High, in the shadow of the Almighty. It's just better. We understand ourselves better. We find our place better. We hear correction better. When we're hid within Him. So maybe you're not in the worship team, but maybe you love to write. Maybe you understand the scriptures and you know how to find rich things. Maybe you write poetry. Maybe you draw. Maybe you can visualize things. I would suggest maybe start having a go at writing something, putting something down and thinking, okay, in this season, let's talk about him. Let's write about him. And then don't give up meeting with other people who love him. And I think in this season, there's been things that have so pained me during lockdown and the pandemic. One of the things has been the inability or like the, the hardship of actually physically being together and the loss in that. We're looking at it in the kids' work. We're working at how do we help our kids get to know each other, find their place again, because for a lot of them it's been two years where they haven't had that week by week, midweek by midweek, meeting with one another, spending time together, finding shelter together. And we need to readdress that and rework that. We need to do that as a people. We need to look at it and go, that was such a loss, let's not let it go. Let's fight for it. Let's fight for being in the shelter together. Let's fight for this place of refuge that isn't just for us, is for the sake of the lost as well. Let's fight for this house that is supposed to have the glory of God in it. Let's fight for it. Let's turn up. Let's get out of our pajamas. Let's turn off Netflix. I'm saying that to myself. Let's fight for this thing that we know God calls us into but has many more to come. No matter what, no matter what rages around you, make God your shelter. Make the Almighty, make the Most High, make the Lord your place. It doesn't mean that everything 
disappears and is, you know, absolutely fine. What it means is you put him in his right place and you in your right place. And so in one respect, everything is right with the world. Doesn't mean that it's easy. Doesn't mean that you're going to live with a white picket fence and, and, and singing like some kind of Disney movie. Doesn't mean that's what's going to happen. What means is I think that it's right when we're right with God, no matter what. It's just right. When we're right with God, even when all around me looks wrong, it's right when we're right with God. Make him your shelter, no matter what. When I was prepping this, someone in church, Nikki, um, messaged uh, the leadership team just to say she had a sense of uh, something from God. And so I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to read it to you because I thought it comes on the end of this beautifully. Nikki wrote this, um, historically the church offered sanctuary to all who were persecuted or in danger. Once they were inside the church, they were protected even from the law and the authorities. And this is because historically there was no authority that was higher than God himself. She said those who were offered sanctuary were offered it without question or without judgment. There was not a time limit on the hospitality they received there. Hospitality and hospital both have in their origin the Latin hospice, which means guest or stranger. The origin of the word shelter is actually shield or protection. As a people of God, we need to have a posture of sanctuary not just as one-off acts or kindness. We need to be a people who carry the very presence of God into our everyday lives, into those places we offer ourselves as a shelter, without question or without judgment. And I felt, when I read that, I felt, that's it, isn't it? When we become, when we make God our shelter, we become a shelter we become places that people can find refuge because they see something that we have. They see something that we've got and they go, what is that? They see when it rages around us and it's all kicking off and it's all going wrong. They see us with this peace. They see us with this rest. They see us with something that, that they recognize as different. And I don't know if you've ever had that. I've had people say to me, there's something different about you. There's something different about how you live. There's something different about how you speak. There's something different about how you do family. There's something different here. don't always know if they mean different good, but I'm going to go with different good. It's tangible. It's recognizable. When you make God your shelter, you also create shelter for others. You create a safe space where someone can come and ask, what is that about? We create safe spaces where people can find healing, can find their way to God. Like my life, if I live in the shadow of the Almighty, I then make it possible for others to. I then make an access point. I then can say, have you seen him? Do you know him? 
And I think in this season, that's what we need to be considering ourselves, is a sanctuary, a safe space, a shelter, a hospital, a place where people can come and find rest, a place where people can come and find healing, a place where people can come and find refuge. If the church is not that, I don't know what she is. If she is not a place of safety, if she is not a place of refuge, if she is not a shelter from all that's raging around, I, I quite honestly, I don't know why she exists. We have for ourselves, I think, a massive opportunity in the current season to be a shelter, to be a safe space, to be a place where we find refuge, but others can come and find too, where we have answers, where we have things that we've gotten hold of in God that we can say, can you see it? Would you like some of this? When we make God our refuge, when we make God our shelter, we make it possible for others to do the same too. So I want to encourage you, worship team, why don't you come up and join me? I'm not quite sure what you're going to do with the tent, but um, we'll work that out afterwards. I want to encourage you, if you have not made God your shelter, if you have not made that decision to make a den and get your books and get your stuff and get in there with him, I want to encourage you to do that. If it's been a while since you have said to God, you are my shelter, you are my safe place, you are my refuge, I want to encourage you to do that. Real life youth, when you are at school and it is raging all around you, I want you to remember this. I want you to remember that he is your safe place. He is the place you can run to with all your stuff, with all your confusion, with all that the world is raging around you and saying, he's your place. I want you to grab your books and grab your journals, grab your teddies if you want, and make a den with him. Spend time with him, listen to him. I want us as a people to get into the word and make sure we're a people that hear his voice above everything else. If he is the almighty, if he is the most high, if he is the Lord, then what he has to say is the most important things we will ever hear. We need to open the book. We need to read what it says and we need to apply it to our lives. It's very simple. Those who live in the shelter of the Most High find rest in the shadow of God. I literally cannot think of a better place to be ever than in the shadow of the Almighty. I want to encourage you to sing songs like that. Read scriptures. Shadow of the Almighty. That's where we get to live and I feel stirred by what Nikki shared, that we're to be a sanctuary, be a shelter for anyone else that needs refuge. Quite honest, when, when I look around the world, there are so many people that need refuge. Let's stand. Let's worship him. Let's look to him. Let's make a decision to make him 
our shelter.